Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm with Priyanka French, who is the winemaker at Signorello Estate in the Napa Valley. And she is also the first Indian female winemaker in the Napa Valley. She's just fabulous without being all of that. That's just a bonus, I think. (laughs) Priyanka, it's a great pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm excited to to speak with you and be with you here today. Thank you. So we were just embarking on some history about your name, your first name, Priyanka. (laughs) So I want you to explain how you liked it, how you didn't like it, and what makes it so special today, because I think it's a fabulous first name. Oh, thank you. You're my first Priyanka. (laughs) Well, you know, it has a very special meaning. It means someone who is loving, which I I appreciate now, but back when I was growing up, I didn't have the same appreciation for my name because it also happens to be a very common Indian name. And especially for my generation, it was even more so common because the first female prime minister and actually one of the first female national leaders in the world, Indira Gandhi, named her daughter Priyanka. And so it kind of took off like wildfire. And then after that, everyone wanted to name their daughter Priyanka. So growing up, I always asked my parents, you know, you could not come up with anything else (laughs) except this name. And then when I moved here to the United States, I started getting all these compliments and, oh, my God, what a unique name and all of this stuff. And and now now I I truly appreciate my name. So (laughs) Well, good. You should appreciate it and embrace it and everything it means. Let's now dive into your fascinating career path. As we've alluded to, you are from India. And what little information I know about India, because I have never visited, is that... India is known for their beer and scotch, not necessarily wine. So I got to ask, first of all, how did you get the wine bug? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the first question so many people ask me. And, and it's true because India is definitely known as a country that uh, enjoys its liquors. And, you know, and then beer is probably the other second most common beverage. And so, um, you know, I was born and raised in Mumbai in, in India and really no connection with the alcohol industry at all. Both of my parents were on the academic side of things. My father is a scientist. My mother taught physics at the graduate level. And I always just kind of wanted to fall somewhere in between those pure sciences. I I thought pure sciences weren't as applicable to the real world, and I really wanted to do something that had significance with real time you know something that was either problem solving or across and you thought this was wine (laughs) 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 the long story of how this ended up being wine. (laughs) yeah this is gonna be good yeah because i know some information (laughs) so explain yourself (laughs) yeah and so um and so we know when it was time to choose a major for undergrad if you will um i i was probably the most one of the most confused individuals at the time because I knew what I liked but more importantly 
I knew what I didn't like. And so the like was really broad. And so I kind of went the other in the process of elimination, if you will, and ended up taking the subject of food engineering and technology because it was relatively new. It was, you know, in the early 2000s when a lot of the multinational companies that are in food production were really thinking about India as a location for manufacturing units. So like Nestle was doing a lot of work. Coca-Cola had come into the, the country. General Mills was starting to open. And she worked for Kit Kat. I worked for, yeah, for Nestle. I made Kit Kat <laughs> for a whole <laughs> summer. And, and that was always, that's always fun, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so I started to do that and uh, really enjoyed, you know, the fact that there was this immediate application in terms of you're either developing product or you were thinking about product quality or ingredients and sourcing and you know process and so I was really fascinated by the industry in general and then one of the subjects we were learning was fermentation we happened to visit one of the first wineries which is currently the largest volume producer for wine in India and wine again was another one of those burgeoning you know industries where people were just starting to talk about it but for me, it was just, you know, you walked into the region and it was beautiful with all the vineyards. And then the process also seemed like this really beautiful um, intersection of science, but creativity, because you're thinking about the style of wine you want to make and why are you trying to make that style? Where is it coming from? So there was so much input that it needed. And um, I kind of decided to go into it blind if you will I just I fell in love with that moment I thought it was so romantic <laughs> and I was like ah maybe this is this is something to explore and and um and, and kind of just didn't look back after that and it's been you know a wild ride but it's been it's been an adventure for sure so uh, just to kind of give our listeners some background you came to UC Davis to get your master's degree that's right yep and then and I might not get them all, but you worked for Louis Martini. You were kind of a seller rat. Uh, you went off to go work in, in Bordeaux. You went to New Zealand, India, where you met your husband, which we'll talk about yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> then you came back here to the Napa Valley and worked for Stag's Leap and then Dolly Valla. That's right, yeah. Okay. And then Signorello? And then Signorello okay. in 2019. That's right. So why Signorello? I mean, why not? It was just such a fantastic opportunity. You know, you, you don't get a lot of chances in the history and the legacy of a winery like Signorello. They've been in Napa since the early 80s. You know, they're one of the original producers, if you will. And it was just such a special moment of thinking about what this next uh, iteration of this winery post the 2017 fires was going to look like. And so... For me, just the opportunity to not only design and build a winery, but to really think about everything from the vineyard into the philosophy, into the wines, into, you know, what's the future? How are we thinking about what winemaking is going to look like in 20, 30 years? And, um, you know, one of the very special things, uh, because this is a women-centric podcast, and it was really something that tugged at my heartstrings was Ray has he's second generation family owned for Signorello now and he has two daughters and so at the interview he said you know I want to build something that they will be proud of and if they see you doing this and kind of taking this winery through this crucial time then they'll know 
that they can do it as well. And I thought how special for someone to not only think about the vision of his winery and his time with Signorello, but also to think about how he's going to set up the next generation, generation. for success as well. So there was uh, there were many different reasons to be a part of this very unique story. Well, we have to mention that you came on board in 2019. Unfortunately, we had horrific fires in 2020, and mm-hmm. Signorello was kind of burned to the ground. Uh, we actually, Signorello was burned down in 17. Oh, so it was the one of it was the only Napa winery at the during the Atlas Peak fires. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, got affected, and you know, at that time, we thought that was it. We thought this was the craziest thing that can ever happen in Napa. You know, that was when the whole Silverado community and that back area of Coombsville got affected. And uh, and it was just unfortunate that we saw even more of a devastation in 2020. You accepted a position as winemaker when there was no winery. You couldn't put it down easy in simpler <laughs> words. <laughs> and you still saw the vision and opportunity, yeah, which is miraculous. But as you said, Ray really positioned it quite nicely. He wanted to show you as a role model for his daughters and, and hopefully inspire them. Yes, and, you know, he had this very clear vision of where he thought he really looked at this fire as an opportunity to do things differently because Signorello kind of grew as a family-owned business in bits and pieces as they found success they built on other pieces and it kind of grew in this in this pattern and so there were a lot of things about the winery or how it was designed or the tasting room that he always wished he had thought of differently or maybe thought of more succinctly in terms of what it would look like in the future. And so he really thought of this fire as ultimately an opportunity to do all of that and to make all of those dreams come true. Well, and what a great position for you. It was like you could participate in the building process of what you wanted. You'd worked in so many different cellars. You kind of knew what you liked and you could bring all that wealth of knowledge in what was to come. Uh, Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's special because the fruit all comes from the actual estate. So we know our vineyard source. We know what we want to highlight, what we want to really stress that is unique about this property. And so a huge part of the design of the winery also was a very full circle moment of why here, why now, and what's going to happen in the future. So it was just fascinating conversations and it's, you know, of course, Ray has this crystal clear vision of what he wants, but we've also been able to bring on to the team legendary people of Napa, like Celia Welch, who's, you know, one of the first women winemakers that I even ever read about, and now I get to work with her, and she's a huge part of this project. And then we work with Steve Mathiason on the vineyard side as well. So it was just such an excellent team of high caliber, you know, trying to execute this awesome vision. And we're finally so close to it. Like, we have some pretty active construction on site and we're scheduled to complete phase one of our construction hopefully by October so there's finally light at the end of the tunnel which is pretty exciting. It is exciting I can't wait. What do you think you bring to the wine brand? I think one of the things that I've really always tried to emphasize on in the growth of my own career was to understand a sense of place and so all of the wineries that I worked at it was always about where is this fruit coming from and why are we making the wines that we're making and for a property like Signorello that is exactly what the vision is right you're really thinking about these 
30 acres of estate vineyards and how will we shine the light on why they are such a standout property. And so working with this estate vineyard and winery has always been something that I've focused and worked towards, but I also feel like, you know, I have a passion for sustainability and for responsible farming. And so a lot of these philosophies and ideas have now been woven into what will be the new property, but also the way the property will function. And so there's been kind of a lot of um, broader vision ideas that have come into it. And, and it's just been so cool to see everyone on the team, you know, be on board with that kind of stuff. And uh, so, yeah, it's been <laughs> takes a village to do a project like this. Uh, absolutely. Have you made wine yet? Oh, yes, yes. Yes, okay. It's, it's exciting because the 2019 was our very first vintage when I, I came in the spring of 2019, right when, you know, we had hit bud break. So I kind of really got to follow the vineyard the process, for the entire right. year. And then 19 was our very first year of making wine. Of course, then right. 2020 was yeah. a little bit of a bummer. Uh, but then we came back with 21, 22. And so the first wines that we've made, the 2019 vintage, are now in the market and we get to talk about them and introduce them. And we've introduced some new labels and, you know, really thought about what's next. And um, yeah, so 2023, this harvest will technically be my fourth harvest at the property. So how do you define your winemaking style? I definitely, I think, characteristic of where it's coming from. I want people when they taste my wines to know that it, it's an homage to the site that the fruit came from uh, but also about about having balance and precision and so I really like wines that kind of balance acidity versus texture versus fruit freshness so they're not overtly in one camp over the other but they have a very kind of classic middle down the line um, textural richness um, and concentration and so I think for me it's it's not about really going uh, too far into one camp uh, and with Signorello being on this cooler side of Napa Valley you really get those really softer delicate nuanced flavors that some of the warmer parts of the valley you know we are, are difficult to preserve just because of weather conditions and so it's been a fascinating site uh, site to work with also because we kind of got handed a blank slate you know a lot of the historical records they've been making wine for over 30 years at the point that I came in but a lot of those historical records were lost in the fire so there wasn't a lot of information except from what Ray knew which he's been a part of the winery every year and so you know, it was a lot of kind of digging in his mind and getting information out but a lot of it was also let's just see what the vineyard is telling us let's see how it grows and develops and since then we've put on a lot of work into understanding the site fruit quality age of the blocks clonal differences so it's been really really fun to taste old libraries of Signorello and then compare that so that there is a stylistic flow in terms of the kind of wine but then really put your stamp on it too and say this is what I think the site can do uh, which has been which has been really rewarding. So during the course of your career, and we should say that you've been working in the wine industry since 2009. Yeah. During the course of your career, is there someone that has inspired you or mentored you along the way that you can speak to? Gosh, there have been so many different people. You know, you know when they say the world is seven degrees of separation, but the wine world is two degrees. It's there is no truer statement than that. And a lot of 
the opportunities that I have received have been because someone said, let me put you in touch with this person or, you know, you, you, I, I saw that you really enjoyed this. You should apply here. And so there, there have been so many different people that have been really um, instrumental in my career, but I think I, I would love for this one to mention Nalko Dalavale, which I know you've spoken to Maya, but Nalko was my my boss for five years while I was at Dalavale, and she's just kind of the epitome of female leadership that I aspire to be and reach. You know, she kind of has uh, really held the flag for that brand even after her husband's death and taken it to these new heights, and she continues to do it with such clarity of thought and vision and while still giving back to the community and really thinking about the industry, not just from a winemaking point of view, but from as a community. And so um, I really I really look up to her and she's definitely someone that's kind of guided me along, given me opportunities. And to get from where I was at Dalavale to this winemaker position at Senorello, I don't think would have been possible without kind of her hand backing me through it. That's fantastic. So on a lighthearted note, which Signorello wine pairs best with Kit Kat? With Kit Kat, oh gosh. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I would I would say that we have a brand new label um, called Signori, which was an idea that Celia and Ray and I came up with. And the reason for doing that was because we used to, you know, we used to have these two different Cabernets that were made from the property that we kind of labeled as reserve or estate Cabernets. And I didn't quite think that that told the story of the property truly because a lot of those vineyards are older and kind of giving us really beautiful, mature, complex fruit profiles. And so we now have Padrone, which is our flagship Cabernet, but then we have Signori, which is kind of a smaller, limited production Cabernet that comes only from our Eastern Hillside vineyard. And so it's the most unique Cabernet that we can make in Signorello. And a lot of people, when they come to the property, they think that the vineyards that they drive through as they enter, that's the estate, but they actually don't know that more than 50% of our vineyards are on the very back of this hillside. So Signori represents that really cool microclimate that we have on the eastern facing side of the hill. Um, Really delicate, has these really, you know, great spicier um, herbal characters, but the texture of it always ends up in this really long mocha chocolate note. So I can see Kit Kat going really well with there, that. We finally got the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Cabernet. Yeah. yeah. Your family's in India. Mm-hmm. It's not or hasn't been in the past widely known to embrace wine. Mm-hmm. But does your family like your wine? Now they do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that my parents are retired and... They get to do the reverse journey where they get to come and spend time in Napa Valley and, you know, enjoy fine wine and and good food. Uh, Yes, they enjoy wine very much. My father is actually, it's it's really fun to see him explore his palate because he's mainly a scotch or whiskey drinker, right? And, And so I think he had a little bit of a tough time getting into wines just from the acidity profile point of view. But now that he's into them, his palate's actually really nuanced. And he can like pick up on a lot of the smaller things that 
most you people know, don't. Most beginner wine drinkers don't. Mm-hmm. So it's been really fun to to and explore wines and styles and regions and varieties with him because he kind of geeks out with me about that stuff. I love it. Yeah. You found something fun to explore together. Yeah. And yeah. my mother is easy. She just goes, pour me something that I will like. So <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Top moment of your career so far? I think it will be when we finally unveil this new building and the new winery at Signorello and probably when we make our very first vintage which hopefully could be a lot or two this year it seems like it'd be it it might be a late year for the fruit to ripen which might give us that perfect window to actually make it at the new property and I really feel like that's a moment where I'm gonna go whoa you know we did this like we finally have made this happen i mean 17 to 23 that's a long time yes and we've been all eagerly waiting for that moment so i think it's still coming it's still here to still okay. still still to come your top moments on the horizon yeah yes. exactly how would you define success what does success look like for you i think personal fulfillment really um i don't think i define it as a metric in the sense of my wines have to you know be this much or score that much or cost or I have to make this volume or you know I I don't think metrics really defines it but the fact that I've been able to find an industry that I love and you know a work situation that is so unique and spectacular where you get to like you said wake up in this gorgeous backdrop of Napa Valley and make a product that you're truly passionate about and that challenges you constantly right (laughs) and there's this constant like okay what am i going to do next and troubleshooting and but then when you put it in bottle it's just such a such an amazing sense of achievement so i I feel i feel pretty successful personally already learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com We're going to switch now to your personal life. I feel compelled to first ask you about how you met your husband in New Zealand (laughs) and then swayed him to come to the Napa Valley. Well, you know, it actually happened the other way around. Oh, okay. Tell us. Yeah, it's it's a very I my dream is someone will make a Bollywood movie about this one day because it's a pretty romantic story. And so we both were interns at the same winery in New Zealand. We were at St. Clair family estate and it was a group of you know 20 ish interns that they hire every year for harvest and the two of us just happened to be there at the same time he's actually born and raised in wine his parents um, own a wine retail and uh, distribution store up in Seattle and so he kind of grew up you know labeling bottles and moving cases and then was working with his parents and but he wanted to know more about the product and so he also worked with winemakers in Washington, but then decided to travel abroad to really think about working a harvest, and so that's what brought him to New Zealand. So we were there at the same time, and it's so funny, the very first day when we did the intern orientation, they said to us, they said, every year we have a reputation that two people find love at this winery. And all of us were just looking around the room laughing, going like, yeah, as if. (laughs) But it happened. We, you know, worked together and um, he's just a wonderful, wonderful person. And I left the country saying this was great. It was fun. But, you know, I, I didn't know where my life was taking me. Neither did he. He continued to travel. And a year after we realized there was something still there and 
we were still kind of finding ways to talk to each other every day and you know we wanted to see what the next step would be and so I decided to come back to the United States he was already back in Seattle at that time and I came back applied to a couple of different areas ended up finding a job here in Napa because you know with Davis and the proximity I had some kind of community and friends and people that I knew here and so I came back and we did long distance for about a year and a half before he decided to move down to Napa and so we've been now in Napa since 2016. Okay yeah. so now of course I have to <laughs> ask what is he doing here? Is he a winemaker too? No he's not he's actually on the uh, other side of the industry he's retail? on sales and marketing Okay, uh, and so that's kind of been the industry he's explored uh, ever since he's moved down to Napa and uh, currently he works as uh, in the sales division for Wheeler Farms in St. Helena. So okay. Wheeler's good. Yeah. Conti- good people. Continuing on uh, telling the story of, of everything us winemakers do behind behind the scenes. Absolutely. Okay. So the two of you fell in love. <laughs> Almost, uh, did you guys get married in New Zealand? No. <laughs> that that would have been too quick. <laughs> that would have been very special though. No. Uh, uh, we, we, we had a couple of different ceremonies between no, India the need to do the Indian ceremony and then to have a celebration out here. And so we basically celebrated being married for about six months, which I don't recommend that for <laughs> anyone. And <laughs> um, no, uh, but, and then, we've been here in Napa we just we live like right in downtown uh since 2019 so there's the next question how did you all choose the city of Napa to move to you could have lived anywhere well when we when we moved in we lived in San Lina for the longest Mm -hmm. time he was working with Gallica with Rosemary Cake Bread Mm -hmm. another amazing woman winemaker at the time and I was with Dolavale so it was just a very convenient location for us to get to where we wanted to and After a few years, we were kind of ready to, you know, take that step towards the American dream of owning a home. And there was just nothing in San Lino we could afford. And we found this, you know, cute little three-bedroom house here in downtown Napa. And so um, just took the plunge. And and did it. And did it. Well, Napa is, you know, really a happening place these days. You know, it is. And we found that most of the days of the week, we were driving to Napa to see our friends anyways. So we just couldn't there was no reason for us to even try and stay in San Helena and 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 like you said there's just so much going on you know you can do concerts or restaurants or even just to get out of the valley if you wanted to go and do a trip out in San Francisco or to the coast or to the river it's just so easy easy. yeah (laughs) it's so much easier Mm -hmm. so if we took a step inside your home what would we see what's your decorating style well the very first thing you'd be greeted by would be my dog (gasps) Chloe Chloe (laughs) (laughs) what kind of dog is Chloe she's an Australian Shepherd Mm -hmm. okay Uh, she's five years old she comes to work with me every day and so she'd be the very first she'd be right there to greet you the second you walk in and and after that it's kind of a, a mix of you know both our the Indian culture and a lot of things that are important to Alex but it's I, I think it's special because it really is a little bit of both of our personalities and um, you know a lot of memorabilia from travels and places we've been definitely a few wine related things okay is there a predominant color uh, that's a great question I a lot of our furniture is white in spite of the fact that we drink a lot of red wine (laughs) (laughs) to live life on the edge. But a lot of the accents, I would say, are are green and gold. So more like earthy tones. 
favorite room in the house? Um, the office. We have a little office that kind of has glass windows on all three sides and looks out into the backyard. And uh, it's it's a small space, but we have a big armchair in there and a lamp drooping over it. And you know, my, my I've always envisioned this huge uh, floor-to-wall bookcase and. And it's all in that room, so that's that's, that's my your favorite. inspiration room, yeah. When you are relaxing, what kind of music do you like to listen to? Relaxing music? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, do you know what that word means? Yeah. Relaxing, <laughs> taking it easy. Taking it easy. <laughs> um, you know, you're off work, you're kicked back and relaxing. It depends on the day. Uh there's definitely, you know, Bollywood and there's a lot of kind of contemporary uh, pop music and um, uh, more kind of these cross music of uh, traditional Indian instruments with a more modern twang, which I've been really, really enjoying. Um, Alex is an old soul. My husband is. And so there's always a lot of 80s rock and pop kind of music that's playing in the house. Um, we've recently gotten into jazz. And so occasionally we'll kind of educate ourselves down the jazz path, which has right. been really, really fun. And, you know, that's the perfect kind of cook some food, have a fire, you know, just de-stress, relax for a bit kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Do you collect anything? Do you have a hobby? A garden. Oh. I, I, I love plants. And so that's probably why there's so much green in the house too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of different plants. So, um, so do you eat out of your garden? We do. Or, we yes. do. Um, this winter garden, especially, you know, with all the rains that we got was exceptionally fruitful. And so we're ju we're still living off of some of the frozen stuff. We used to have some fava beans and I tried garlic for the very first time. We had a ton, ton of garlic right now. <laughs> um, but, you know, in the summertime, it's all the usual favorites. And summer food is my favorite food with tomatoes and cucumber and eggplant and corn and you know more spring peas and all kinds of herbs it's just it's just such fun fresh food okay yeah. fascinating she, growing grapes is not the only thing she does well <laughs> <laughs> is there something that people might be surprised to learn about you do you skydive do you rappel down mountains did you do something wild and crazy as a child uh, I definitely enjoy adrenaline. So, you know, we've bungee jumped. Oh I haven't, God. I haven't done any skydiving. It's definitely been high on my list. But like bungee jumping or snorkeling and scuba diving, just being outdoors and you know, crazy roller coasters, that kind of stuff. I mean, I enjoy. I definitely have an adventure side to me. Um, well, where did you bungee jump? I've got to know and. And I just can't imagine doing the whole bungee jump thing myself. But we actually did it in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. So we've done it in New Zealand, and then I've done it one other time in India. But the in, the one in India wasn't quite the height that the New Zealand one was. It were you over, were you over a river? Please tell me you were over a river. Yes. When, okay. Yes. <laughs> in case things didn't go well, yeah. <laughs> there was hope you might yeah. survive. Yeah. Yeah. When you did it the first time, did you say, oh, I got to do that again? Yes. And did you do it again? Yes. And again? Well, just twice, <laughs> twice. unfortunately. <laughs> okay. But it definitely set me up for, okay, I think I could I could think about something else next. Okay. You know, and, and that has meant, you know, whether it's some kind of water sports right. or... Or the um, skydiving. Or just, yeah, or, I mean, skydiving is high on my list. We've planned it three times and, oh have, my goodness. and have had to cancel it. Every, Why? Well... 
this the third time was because of the pandemic that it got oh. canceled so that was unfortunate but it i think i'll get to it one day i have faith that you will yeah. since you like that bungee jumping you have clearly traveled quite a bit um is there a meaningful trip that you can tell us about i would say the time that i spent in burgundy was just so very special for me because it was my first solo trip as an kind of like you know after school as an adult and it was just such an amazing exploration not just of the industry that I was hoping to join but of everything else too there's so much to learn about food and culture and music and language I didn't speak a lot of French when I got there and I spoke decent French by the time I left there and just met people but then lived by myself and explored this whole area and it, it was a very kind of a defining moment which said to me okay you can keep traveling and and then I stayed lived out of a suitcase for another year and a half much to my parents chagrin but it was because that one trip to Burgundy was just such such an amazing experience. Well did your ongoing travels live up to Burgundy? I, th I would say yes you know I don't think I would have continued if it Didn't. hadn't continued to be that much fun I finally stopped because I got this amazing opportunity to work with a company back in India and it was a chance to really start to think about what the next step for my future would be and but prior to that I, I think I took full advantage of those of my early 20s to just to just go out there and, and live kind of that backpack life. When you're entertaining at home, do you have a go-to dish that's always a crowd pleaser? Oof, that's a tough question because I like to cook a lot of different things. But I would say, you know, being one of the few Indians, most of my friends when they come over hope and request for Indian food because that's, that's something they're not going to get anywhere else. And so I would say probably my most requested stuff is anything that I'm cooking about the you know about my food from back home you bring up a point that i want to ask you about and that is being the first indian female winemaker here in the napa valley is that a big responsibility and do you feel a lot of pressure about that not really because i feel like you know and i and you you mentioned this very kindly in my introduction i feel like there's more to me than and than just that but I do feel a responsibility in the sense of I would love to see more come into the industry because it is such a unique, special industry. It is an industry that really gives you a, a chance for even like lifestyle, you know, like mm -hmm. thinking about where you're going to live and what you're going to do. And it's so entwined in food and culture and music and arts. And so the, it's just it's just an incredible industry to be a part of. And I, I think that that has led to some of the work that I do with a few nonprofit organizations that work towards, there's one called Batonage, which is a women in wine based organization that really focuses on bringing mentorship to women that want to enter the industry at many different levels. And that's been, that's really resonated with me because we've kind of found this global reach via this platform and so through that I've I now have four maybe even five Indian women that have entered the industry you know from whether they grew up here or whether they're actually from back home and that's been just really exciting to see and then the other one is Wine Unify that really 
thinks about bringing um, access to education to people of underrepresented communities. And so we've done a lot of fundraising to provide scholarship opportunities for the WSET level, um, you know, certification programs for anyone that's interested in kind of pursuing a future career in wine. And through that, I've met um, other Indians and, you know, people from other communities that may have not known about this as an industry of choice. Mm -hmm. And so it's been um, it's been really fun to kind of talk to them and say, you know, these are the challenges. But once you get that figured out, this is where you can potentially land land up so so it really sounds like you're influencing others uh, from India to pursue careers in the wine industry I hope so inspiring them. I hope yeah I hope so <laughs> I think the industry you know even back home is really starting to see success in 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 many different ways the pandemic of course was a little bit of um, an issue which it was for many industries across the world but in India, it was a little difficult just because of how hard hit the country got due to the pandemic. And so, but to still see, you know, there's a lot of foreign wineries that are now interested in um, investing in, in India. Moet, Moet and Chandon have just started planting vineyards. You know, Michelle Roland now consults with a winery in India. And so there is this growth in terms of the wine industry back home and and I think it's just, like I said, it's just such a fun, unique industry to be a part of. And so I want to see that succeed. I want to see wines from India start to get recognized at a global platform or, you know, to even be a region that's on people's radar when they think about exploring global varieties. Um, so I hope I hope to have a small part to play in that. Sounds like you already do. <laughs> uh, well, we are going to wrap things up with five quick questions. Okay. You ready? It's like wildfire around. Yes. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite flower? Uh, dahlias. What kind of car do you drive? A Toyota RAV4 hybrid. What's your favorite wine pairing? A Riesling with tandoori chicken. Like a dry Riesling, dry acidic Riesling with tandoori chicken. Okay. Who would be your dream dinner guest? Anybody in the world, who would it be? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just went to Bottle Rock um, two weekends ago, and Keanu Reeves came to Bottle Rocks. I would say Keanu Reeves because he's like fresh in my mind right uh, now. <laughs> okay. And what is your favorite city to visit? I love Chicago. Chicago is one of my favorite cities in the entire world. I think it has just the most incredible energy and personality, and I look forward to any opportunities that I get to go back there. Wonderful. Uh, Priyanka, you are wonderful. And it has been a pure delight to spend time with you today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.